It's time to party. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. It's America WK. Hi, I'm Andrew WK. Welcome. Welcome to the program. Who am I? I am a person who is trying to become a human being. Now, perhaps you've already attained that status, and if so, thank you very much for gracing this show with your palpable presence. I can feel you even if I can't see you, and I hope that you can feel me. Really, all I've ever wanted in life was to communicate a feeling, or even better said, I want to represent a feeling, a feeling of being alive. And the good thing is, if you are alive, then there's no way you can't feel that. But I suppose that you and I can help amplify that feeling, can help direct that feeling, can help enhance and excite that feeling. We can provide insight deeper into that feeling that can make us understand and appreciate it even more. I want to be a representative of life, of human life. But that life spark that is in all living things. And in that way, I don't really want to be a person to you. I want to be a feeling to you. I don't want to be a radio host. I don't want to be a rock and roll musician. I don't want to be anything in particular other than a feeling that you can feel. A representative of a feeling. Much like uh, Santa Claus is a representative of a feeling of joy. He may be a toy maker by trade. He may be a delivery man at certain times of the year. But ultimately, those are all means to an end, all means to a feeling, ways of getting to a feeling of goodness about being alive. And that certainly has been my life dream. This feeling of being alive and all the fascinations and confusions that come with it, trying to make peace with all sides of it. It's definitely an intense, intense encounter. And just because something's intense doesn't mean it's bad. I think we can all say that if we were strong enough and we all had the courage to really live life to the full, that we would want an intense life rather than an easy life or a convenient life or even a comfortable life or a pain-free life. We would want a rich life. Rich in intensity. And I guess for better or worse, that's the kind of life we're going to get one way or another. So we might as well desire that. We might as well prepare for that. Life is going to be intense. It already is. And rather than fighting that or feeling upset about that or dismayed or that it's not fair, let's just embrace it. I was thinking about this idea of the intensity of life. Well, I actually think about it probably nonstop every day. 
But I was specifically focusing on it over these last few days since you and I last spoke. Because I've been feeling off. Not that I would normally feel on, but a strange creeping type of pressure has been seeping in to the corners of my mind and then finding its way out into the view of the world around me. Now, perhaps you've been feeling this way as well. A type of strangeness, a type of almost palpable dread, but not necessarily a bad dread, if there is such a thing. A sort of pressure, a presence of something unknowable, and that causes a kind of anxiety. Just a feeling that something isn't quite right. Now, perhaps you have not been feeling this way, and I would be very happy for you if that is the case. But as is often the case otherwise, when I've been feeling a certain way, I've noticed other people feeling that way too. And when other people have been feeling a certain way, I have noticed that I have been feeling that way too. I I don't know if this is a sign of our interconnectedness or if this is sort of a, a shared phenomenon that the atmosphere that permeates all human experience is somehow one atmosphere that my mind isn't really its own atmosphere that we share a collective sense of ease or unease about the world now it's certainly easy to imagine us all contributing to a general state of feeling and it's uh easy to see that in how we behave around each other whether we're friends or strangers. It's easy to see how uh, the media and cultural environments can affect our feeling or put a spotlight onto our feelings. And it's easy to see that even our thoughts that we don't necessarily verbalize that we just think to ourselves that somehow even those can penetrate other people and create an overall sense of thought, a sense of shared sensation, a kind of attitude that even if we don't necessarily have it coming from within ourselves, we can feel it coming from other people. A type of stress and anxiety that must just be a symptom of living on a planet where you're not the only person there. So I've been feeling this pressure, and I assume because of this bond that we have, whether we like it or not, that you may be feeling it too. And I was trying to express what this feeling was, this kind of dread, this sense that no matter how good things may appear, that somehow they were only a pretend version of a truly dark and negative situation. That anything happy or fun was just glossing over an otherwise painful truth. And of course, as I had been feeling this way, someone wrote in to me anonymously 
with a question about this very topic. Basically saying that this person had a great life. They were thankful for so many different things. Their friends and family, their work, where they lived, all the basic tenets that make up a good life. They had it. And yet, it's as though they couldn't fully believe that they had them. They couldn't totally embrace it for fear that somehow they were mistaken, that the whole thing was going to fall apart, that everything that was good in their life was somehow false in a way, or that there was some kind of deception, whether it was self-deception or deception from some other source. It just was too good to be true. They couldn't just enjoy their life. There was some sense of impending doom that colored even the best times. Well, that really described this off feeling that I was having. I was very thankful this person wrote in with such a an acute description of a feeling that's rather hard to put into words. And if I was going to sum it up very simply, it, it's basically a riddle. It's the riddle of life. And it relates a bit to negative versus positive, like we've talked about looking at life as a glass half full or glass half empty. But it's more, is life, is existence actually bad, truly bad? And we're just making efforts to make it appear good, to make it feel good, to make it seem good, when in fact the truth, the reality is life is bad. Or is life absolutely good? And we just mistaken it for something bad. We get caught up on the painful parts of life, on the scary parts of life, and assume that they're bad. This is the riddle of existence. Is it bad or is it good? It's America WK. Stay with me. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network. You don't get to play constitutional absolutist on gay marriage issues and then decide that on the other hand, when it comes to the Second Amendment, that's not constitutional anymore. That's not an issue. So there's autocracy here, a disregard of principle, and I really think it's gross and unseemly for leftists to be, oh, law of the land, law of the land. I mean, the Espionage Act with Hillary? Yeah, we'll see how law of the land the left is in the months ahead. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. We're talking about the riddle of life. The riddle of life being not just is it bad or is it good to be alive, but truly being stuck in between both of those states and wondering on top of that if whatever determination you make about life Let's say you decide it's good. Is it actually a mistake to think it's good in the face of so much what we might call badness in the world? And then if you decide, okay, life is bad, then is it a mistake to get caught up on all these good things that we experience? Well, I think the riddle is it's actually not good or bad. It's both. And in a beautiful way, 
the ability for it to be both good and bad, the fact that life can be so diverse in its experiences is, in a way, an overall good thing. There's a goodness in almost not being able to call it good or bad. There's an overriding sort of super positivity to life actually being all these things at once. A giant, swirling, puzzling, confusing exploration of different feelings. So instead of having to decide once and for all which side you're on, instead of having to decide that life is good or bad, you just decide to love it. You decide to love the fact that you can't figure it out. You decide to love the riddle itself and not being able to solve the riddle. You love the parts of life that don't feel good as much as you love the parts that do feel good. And that's not to say you seek out hardship or seek out negative experiences. But when we undeniably have to encounter those, we must interpret them as some part of this confounding yet mind-blowing, awe-inspiring thing called life, this adventure. And loving the entire adventure, not needing to judge it. You can love something in this in this way that goes beyond logic, goes beyond reason, goes beyond understanding into pure experience, just a pure encounter of your own life and releasing the need to constantly decide whether this is a good experience or a bad experience. I mean, someone the other day asked me, oh, I've heard that this last year for you has been kind of a hard year. It's been a bad year. And my first thought was, I never even really occurred to me how this last year has been. It hasn't even occurred to me how the last 10 years have been in terms of has it been good or has it been bad? It's been life. I've continued existing and living. That must be good. There's got to be, what comes down to it, there's got to be a better word than good. That doesn't say enough about about what life is. Positive versus negative, those those don't have enough space in them. The space between positive and negative, that's a better space. That's a bigger space. There's a lot of room there. Once you settle down or rest on one side or the other of bad or good, you cut out a lot of that room for possibility because life is vast. Life is huge. Life is possibility. And loving that possibility, that word love, that seems to sum up the best way that I can think of for encountering this riddle. This riddle of life. And that's not necessarily a solution either. I don't know that this riddle is meant to be solved. It's meant to be lived. You can't solve it without living it. And even then, maybe you don't solve it. I got some feedback the other day from a a listener, gentleman who uh, I really appreciated writing in. Although I don't know that he meant for me to see his comment, um, I did on the internet, on Facebook. But his comment was that I spoke in a monotone voice that was too soothing and caused him to be drowsy and even doze off into sleep. 
And then he compared that to the master painter on TV, uh, the late, great Bob Ross, who is one of my favorite personalities. I don't really know exactly what to call him. He's more than an art teacher, more than a painter. He is a unique individual, the best kind, someone who is completely and totally himself, recognizable and and celebrated all around the world for doing something that no one else really was able to do like he could do. Bob Ross, I would watch him as a pretty young child, just painting paintings. And there was something so serene, not just about these beautiful landscapes that he made come to life so effortlessly with such particular accessible technique that really made me feel like I could paint like that, whether I actually could or not. But it was so evident, his love for what he was doing, his joy, his calmness that didn't come from a state of relaxation necessarily because he was on his feet. He was working on a painting. He was communicating and talking to the viewer. He was engaged. He wasn't just sitting there. And yet there was this, I felt, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I felt like, uh, I don't know, like maybe kind of like when I was being read a story by my mom or something, it allowed me to feel the best about myself in this guy's presence. And this was just coming through TV. So I took this comment from the reader that I reminded them, like, Bob Ross is a great compliment in a way, although I don't think he meant it as a compliment, but that meant a great deal to me since Bob Ross is right up there, probably one of my top, I don't know, top 25 figures of American culture, of human beings. Definitely one of my top entertainers. I don't know what to call the guy. I mean, this goes back to our earlier problem. He represented a feeling. Is he a painter? Yes. Was Santa Claus a toy maker? Yes. But he was on a mission. A mission, perhaps, yes, to introduce painting to people that maybe otherwise wouldn't get to explore the beautiful world of of art. But much more than that, he just gave a, a good sensation, a good feeling, a feeling of truth about life in his own way. Well, that being said, I want to understand, uh, well, I want you to understand, I want myself to understand too, why the tone that I take on this show is the way that it is. The gentleman that wrote in to me with his comments again also said that considering that I was a rock musician, there should be more energy on the show. And I took all of this, these compliments and criticisms to heart. Uh, so actually, maybe you can even hear it. I am trying to be a bit louder. A lot of times, it's purely practical. I'm recording this show. I'm broadcasting and making this, sh- this show from hotel rooms 99% of the time, traveling on tour. I try to pick times where it's not too late or too early where I'm going to disturb somebody. But I'm broadcasting from unusual situations where I am trying to be considerate. Maybe I shouldn't be for the sake of the show. But it's also that this subject matter takes a type of concentration for me where uh, being high energy, it's sort of beside the point. I'm trying to talk about life and sometimes that's difficult for me. But I'm trying to amp it up 
It's America WK. A party for being alive. This is America WK. With Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. My oldest is on her seventh year of Chinese and, um, and, and just started high school. Now, what do you think by the time she's ready for college, what do you think will serve her better? What is more exceptional, speaking Spanish or speaking Chinese? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. We're back, America WK, Andrew WK here. So uh, we were just talking about comments and criticisms and feedback and input. As always, anything that you have to say about the show, about the topics, about me, about life in general. Please, please let it be heard. Let it be known. Get it out to me. Even if I don't see it, hopefully someone else will. I usually do see it. And I try my very best to be open-minded to all the feedback. I will say I've been very thankful to have received the amount of feedback so far that we've gotten since the, the show has started. Uh, it's not that old, this show. Still uh, less than a year old. Started in May. So there's still so much to do to improve the tone, uh, the, the the delivery, the topics. But in uh, my own defense, I will say that uh, being a non-professional radio host and being just a, a person uh, striving again to be a human being hopefully somewhere on my way to attaining that status, these topics demand for me a type of concentration. This is, in that way, it's not really meant to be an entertaining show. Is that, is, does that make sense? I think there's so many fantastic masters of entertaining radio out there, and I've listened to them for years and enjoyed them very much. And I'm sure we could list dozens of them from around the country. I mean, I've gotten to go on many morning shows, on many amazing radio shows, and participate in the levity and the excitement and the high-energy stimulation of that kind of atmosphere. But there's something about this where I don't feel like that's my strong suit here. There's different times and different places for different modes of delivery different modes of thinking, and different modes of concentration. And I have to concentrate. Maybe someday I'll get good enough at thinking in general and speaking while I'm thinking that I won't have to speak in this type of uh, slightly lowered, concentrated effort. But this tends to be the tone that gives me enough time to think about what I'm going to say and then say it. A lot of times I have to close my eyes when I'm doing this show because even looking at the lamp in front of me, for example, on this table or looking at the wall, it's too much information. There's a little bag of goldfish crackers over here 
The fish and the illustrations on the orange package is quite distracting in a way, or quite delightful, and takes my attention away. So sometimes I just have to dial down to get into the ideas that we're talking about. There's a type of energy that is in these ideas that I don't need to add anything to. I mean, when you're talking about life, you just want to dial in and get into it. I don't need to, to, to amp it up that much. Uh, but that being said, I'm trying it because why not? I want to be strong enough to try all different kinds of approaches here. Starting to feel a little schizophrenic as I bounce back and forth between these different tones with all these different voices in my head and different thoughts. But that's okay. want to be strong enough to be able to do that as well was thinking a lot about this idea of energy, about this kind of uh, vitality, because in these days, in these times, and I don't know if they're times that have lasted for months or times that have lasted for years, for me, it's been off and on for as long as I can remember, this feeling of offness, this puzzlement and bewilderment about life, moments of despair coupled with moments of elation, I wouldn't say a full-blown manic experience of life. The highs and lows have not been so extraordinary that there hasn't been a consistent tone. I, I often have thought of it like a roller coaster because on a roller coaster, you are somewhat locked in to a pattern. If you get on a roller coaster and there's ups and downs and loops and twists and turns, and then you go on the ride again, there's a familiarity with that. Uh, There's a consistency to it. And if you average out all the ups and downs, it might sort of meet somewhere in the middle. Not necessarily a flat line experience of life just going along without any dynamics. But the dynamics seem to sort of complement one another. We've talked about this in terms of a come down after an extremely high experience, an extremely intense experience. There's often... Uh, a moment of reflection required or absorption. I think, as always, if you go through a big experience in life, especially if it's a happy, enjoyable experience, you can often be surprised to find the next day or several days later a feeling of sort of sadness. But it's not necessarily sadness. It's more an open time of sort of quiet... uh, calm emotions that allow your body and soul and spirit to absorb what it just went through. Absorb all those good times. Absorb all the excitement of whatever big experience you just completed. Those are ups and downs that really make sense. And there's a type of motivation that I think can be extracted from that realization or for an un, from an understanding of that dynamic in life. I don't know if we've really talked very much about motivation on America WK. We've talked about a lot of fundamental ideas uh, regarding life, regarding outlooks, about life, worldviews, ways to interpret one's experiences and apply that mindset in a helpful way, an empowering way. As we move forward, I don't know if we've talked about motivation and desire. And I think uh, in terms of this riddle of life, 
I think these feelings or these phenomenon, the idea of motivation, of having this energy to do something, I think it really does relate very much to that sort of core feeling in the middle of the riddle of life. In the middle of the riddle is that sense of possibility or confusion, depending how you look at it. Is life good or bad? There's an energy there. There's an energy. That's what you can feel as anxiety. That's what you can feel as confusion or as stress. That is energy. And I don't mean just uh, thought energy or emotional energy. I mean a real physical energy, the kind of energy that can make your body move around. It's also the kind of energy that can make your body not want to move, that could hold you back or squash you down. I think the same exact energy source that can motivate you to get up and do something is, is actually coming from the same place that would demotivate you or unmotivate you, that would make you feel lazy, that would make you feel hopeless, that would make you feel completely lethargic and despondent about life. It's strange, but I think all, all of the important vitalities... All the important spirits, essences that can either push us forward or hold us back are actually the same thing. Kind of like the ups and downs of the roller coaster. Because we know that going up the hill is what allows us to go down on the other side. And the strange thing is, on a roller coaster, the going up the hill part is actually kind of the slow and boring part. I mean, it's it can be enjoyable in its own way. You could get a good view of the rest of the amusement park as you go up the hill. There's a quiet anticipation. That's definitely exciting. But it's the thrill of going down the hill that most people are looking for. The thrill of the hill. The speed that comes from that. So it's actually reversed. And both that up and down are two sides of the same hill. Two sides of the same thing. So maybe... The same feeling that makes us feel like we can't do something is actually the same feeling that could make us feel like we could. We just have to flip it around. It's America WK. Don't go anywhere. This is America WK with your friend and mine, Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stu. I was thinking of you, Jeff, because I'm like, Jeffy would not be restricted with what part of the pie. No, I was just going to say, he'd just be like hawking about not touching the skin. And then you'd be picking up off the ground in the grass. Mm -hmm. It's like a a five minute rule with pie. Five minutes? Is that what I said? Yeah, something like that. Five, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever. Whatever it takes. It's like uh, Homer Simpson. Ooh, floor pie. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is America WK with Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to America WK. So we're talking about motivation or motivation and complete unmotivation. What's a better word for the opposite 
of motivation, hopelessness, uh, futility. These are the feelings that I have felt. We're talking about how both those feelings are actually one type of energy. The type of energy that can push you forward can actually be the same type of energy that pushes you back. And you know why I think it is? I think it's a sense that this is our one shot at living. This is it. It's happening now. One life. Now, maybe we're reincarnated. Maybe we've lived many times before. But either way, this is a life happening now. Literally right now. And today, whatever day it is that you're listening to this right now, this day, literally this hour and and minute and second will never happen again. We know this. We know that life is limited. It's a limited once-in-a-lifetime experience, this version of life. And that either creates an intense pressure to move forward or an overwhelming pressure to hold back. That it's either completely hopeless because it's so overwhelmingly intense, what's the point of doing anything? Or it's so completely intense and quick and over before you know it that you try to do everything. Motivation is harnessing that vitality that comes from realizing that this is it, that this is your life. It's the same vitality that actually probably brought us into life that made us come into existence in the first in the first place. All living things are sharing this vitality, this life spark. And it's so intense and overwhelming that if we don't harness it and ride it forward and use it as a motivating force, then it will overwhelm us because it is overwhelming. Being alive is completely overwhelming. I don't think anyone would say it isn't. And anyone who says that it isn't would arguably not be fully alive or is trying to cover up that feeling because it is too intense. The key isn't to weaken the power of life. The key isn't to soften the edges or to say that it isn't overwhelming. The key is to face it completely. Embrace the fact that it's so intense. Acknowledge that it's overwhelming and use that to push you. Put yourself in front of that force and let it propel you. Or throw a rope on it and ride behind it and let it pull you. But don't get underneath it because it will weigh you down. It will press you down. And the more it presses you down, the heavier it gets. You ever notice that? The more that life gets heavy, the heavier it seems to get. I guess because it just keeps piling on and piling on and piling on top of itself. There's an exponential weight to life if you don't get in front of it or behind it. If it gets on top of you, it takes that much more effort to get out. But you can get out. And I think one of the first steps in getting out from underneath the weight of life, all that pressure, is realizing that that same pressure that's holding you down can lift you up. It really takes just a shift in attitude. Not that it's easy. Anyone who tells you that it's easy is either mistaken or lying. Maybe a little bit of both. Sugarcoating it does not help. We would like it to be easy. We would all like all of life to be easy to a degree. I certainly would. 
If I was very honest, very, very honest with myself, I would know that all the most meaningful experiences that I've had had nothing to do with being easy. And again, maybe they are not even worth being called hard or easy. They're just life. We don't need to judge them. We don't need to put a label on it as it was a good experience, it was a bad experience, it was a hard experience, it was an easy experience. It's all hard. It's all easy. It's all whatever it is. That's a waste. We don't need to get so caught up in that. So how can we shift our point of view? And suddenly this pressure, this anxiety, this stress, this weight, this heaviness, this overwhelming presence that's on our back or in the on our head or in our belly or holding down our feet like two lead shoes how do we flip that it's just like uh, electricity it can be used to shock you or it can be used to power an entire city it's all about how we direct this current And know that, know that next time you start to feel overwhelmed, know that that same feeling can all of a sudden boost you up, can raise you to a higher level. Don't shrink away from it. Face it, harness it, wrestle it down and get a control over it and use it for what it's there for. It's meant to help us. It wants to push us, but it'll push us down if we don't push it forward. America WK, I'll be right back. This is America WK, hosted by your friend and mine, Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. We have been so hammered by the Clintons for so long. It's they become wallpaper. It's like, yeah, whatever. They're just crazy. They're out of touch. They're whatever. But when you really stop and think about what she's trying to sell, it's like a parody. They live in the lap of luxury, the ultimate connected people. And she's out there, woman of the peopling it up. This is hilarious. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. It's time to party. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to America WK. We've been talking about, well, all kinds of things as usual, about life. Whenever I try to sum up this show, say we're talking about life. And what better topic is there as a person who seems to be alive to think about, to talk about, to get into. How much of the time do we spend trying to distract ourselves from the fact that we're alive? And it's it's understandable because it is so intense. But is that really what we want to do? Do we want to distract ourselves so much and fill the surface of our experiences with so many complicated, seemingly important issues and ideas and activities 
that we actually momentarily forget what's really going on. That we're an incredible combination of forces that have somehow come together by the power of the unknown to form a life that we get to exist in and exist in that life in this world, which with all its faults is still an incredible place, an intense place, but a beautiful place and a place full of possibility. I know that there's been times when I've completely managed to block that out of my mind entirely. Where the fact that I was even alive was sort of an afterthought. Why doesn't that stay forefront in our mind? I mean, I suppose it can be because it's so fundamental, it's so close to us, it's so obvious that we think there are other things more worthy of our attention. But is there? Are there? I feel like everything in a way, whether we try to distract ourselves or not, it's still all connected to these fundamental questions. It's still all bouncing back and bouncing off one way or another of this idea that we are alive. Now what do we do about it? What do we do about being alive? I'm talking with you here, and I noticed that, uh, I never noticed this before, but whenever I do this show, I make the room very dark. And as I mentioned before, that definitely helps me concentrate in a way because I have to almost close my eyes. So the darker that I make the room, the more it is as though my eyes are already closed. I lowered the blinds in this hotel room. I turned off all the lights. And I think it's not only that I'm trying to eliminate distraction. I think that I like shadows. I Literally, I like dark corners of rooms. I like places where I can't quite see what's going on. And I always wondered about that. Some people really want the room to be bright. I have many friends and family members that always said, why is your room so dark? Why do you like things so dark? It's not so much the darkness, it's the shadows. I like a single light source somewhere. or I want to be able to see, but not that well. I don't want to be able to see everything. Maybe it is too much information. Or maybe, maybe it's that in the shadows, there's the unknown. If you can't see exactly what's out of sight, what's in the shadows, maybe your imagination gets to take over a little bit more. Maybe there's a sense of possibility, a sense of room, or an openness. I mean, a room can feel much larger when you can't quite see where the edges of it are. You can feel more confined in a bright space. If you're in a dark room, the room could be as large as you'd ever imagine it to be. If you can't see where the walls end, if you can't see where space ends, if you can't quite make out what's going on. And we can apply that idea about shadows and about their possibility and about imagination and about the unknown to shadows of all types, to the shadows in our soul, in our spirit, to shadowy experiences, to darkness in general. Another way to interpret this as not a negative thing, that if everything is lit up, 
There's too much to see. And it doesn't give us any, any place to rest our own thoughts. Our thoughts are filled by what we're trying to take in. But in the shadow, there's room for our mind and our soul to go to work, to expand, to unwind, to uncoil, and fill up those spaces. Shadows are beautiful things. We know this because they are a result of the light. Shadows are light and dark working together. And anytime we can embrace both sides of that and love that full phenomenon, I think we're getting closer to some kind of truth, some kind of understanding, some kind of experience of life as life, life for what it really is. We've been talking about motivation. We've been talking about desire or how to use that motivation to put towards your desire. I was actually asked to give a lecture on desire. Sometimes I do give lectures, believe it or not, about life, about music, about all kinds of things. And a lot of times they're just open, no topic. I can talk about whatever I want. But occasionally, I'm presented with an opportunity to discuss something very specific. It could be a a conference that has a key theme, or it could be a school with a class focused in a certain area. I was asked to participate and give a keynote speech at a conference where the main theme was desire. And I was trying to, of course, think about what I was going to say about this huge force, because desire is a force. Desire is a motivation. Desire is a vitality. It is a propulsive energy in itself. It's not just a wanting. It's not just a needing. It is a passion. There's an emotional, physical, spiritual yearning that makes up desire. And of course, there are many different types of desire. I think probably the most fundamental, the one that we can all relate to instantly, the one that any living creature relates to, is the desire to live, the desire to survive, the desire to find food, to find water, to find shelter, to make it through the day. I mean, talk about a propulsive force. Talk about motivation. It's going to be very hard to not be motivated If you're looking for water, you will push yourself to the ends of the earth, literally, to find water. That is motivation and desire working hand in hand. And then there's the desire that we all are the result of, the reproductive, creative desire that all humans, all life has come from, especially conscious beings talk about that desire extremely primal in a way just as primal as the desire to survive and live at all how can we harness those desires and direct them towards all our other ambitions or should we is that even 
a good thing to do, a right thing to do, a noble thing to do, a healthy or safe thing to do. The desire to be a good person, where does that come from? Could that be an evolutionary survival technique or mechanism unto itself? The desire to be yourself. It's America WK. Don't go away. America WK with Andrew WK, the undisputed king of partying. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. He's a disgraceful human being. And look, I, I don't mind saying this. I am I am ashamed to have him as leader of this country. He doesn't represent this country. He bashes this country. He is everything that is wrong in the world is Barack Obama. Chris Salcedo. Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K. You know, I just thought of something during that break that relates to a bit of our earlier discussion about the tone of this show, the tone of my voice, the possibility that the rather monotone delivery could perhaps lull you to sleep or close to it. I was just thinking about this yesterday because there's something very magical and powerful about listening to something, especially someone talking, whether it's a TV show, a movie, a a book on tape, the radio, and kind of dozing in and out of sleep, falling in and out of wakefulness. And I've actually noticed this, and I'm I'm sure you have too. There's a kind of dream state, a kind, a train of thought that only seems to exist right in between being awake and falling asleep. It's that moment where you can sort of tell that you're falling asleep right before it happens. And if you catch yourself and kind of remind yourself, oh, wow, I'm, about to fall asleep. Oh, I feel like I'm falling asleep. And you kind of pop back out of it. But if you're very comfortable, but not too comfortable, it's like sitting up, for example. Uh, I experience this a lot on airplanes. Uh, Or if I'm about to go do something and I sit down or lay down, kind of propped up on a bed, but I know that I I can't go to sleep. I can't sleep. I I mean, I I have something to do in the next 10, 15 minutes. So you're just sort of sitting there with your eyes closed, maybe listening to something, maybe not. And you enter this state where where these train of thoughts come along that in some way make perfect sense as they're unfolding in your mind. But they're thoughts that you would never otherwise have. They don't even, they don't even make sense in a nonsensical way. It's an entire different category of mental activity. And the best thing you can hope for is that you catch it enough to even realize that it's happening. And you, you'll probably notice that. You'll think, what am I just thinking about? What were those thoughts? Oftentimes you can't even remember them. Uh, even a few seconds after you catch yourself in that state, 
of half awake, half asleep. You can't even recall what those thoughts were, although just moments ago they seemed so clear and so, I guess, relevant or almost sort of straightforward. And then they were so baffling and so bizarre and so alien, so removed from the normal mode of thought that you can't even begin to try to remember them. That to me is a fascinating, a fascinating state. And I actually would be very happy if the rather low key and maybe even sometimes boring nature of this show would actually inspire you to enter into that state. I would encourage you to listen to this show in that kind of uh, relaxed physical situation, maybe sitting in a chair with your eyes closed, maybe propped up in bed, just so that you could possibly go in and out of sleep a few times. Don't do it while driving. That would not be a good idea because, ah, boy, I have had that happen while I've been driving, and that is truly frightening. I mean, extraordinarily dangerous, of course, horribly inconsiderate to all the other drivers. Anytime you start to feel uh, a bit squiggy on the road there, you just have to pull over. My my brother uh, is a, a professional golf player. And he uh, has gone on many very long drives by himself uh, going to tournaments around the country. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, really long drives, driving 20 hours in one stretch without stopping except for fuel. Except sometimes if he noticed that he was even getting close to that nodding off state, he would pull over in a safe area like a rest stop or something and sleep for 20 minutes. And that worked for him, and he was able to rejuvenate himself. I've actually noticed that, too. There's something sometimes about just taking, not a nap even, but this kind of, it's kind of like a high adrenaline rest. This is, this is what I was sort of even describing with this falling in and out of sleep. You're not, re- you're not allowing yourself to fully fall asleep. You're not releasing yourself into rest. There's a type of adrenaline there. Uh, and again, I've I've experienced this uh, having to go play a concert, for example, a rock and roll concert that I know is going to be very high energy, very physically demanding, very intense. And maybe, though, I've only had a few hours sleep the night before for whatever reason. And so you don't want to take a nap, but you might feel kind of tired. And so you, you kind of put yourself into this state. It's like a preparatory state. But there's so much adrenaline underneath that. Uh, that you actually couldn't fall asleep. And yet, you'll feel rested after that brief moment. It's it's allowing the brain to go into different states of consciousness, I suppose. Different states of operation. Different ways of processing its thoughts or doing whatever it is that it's doing. I'm sure there are technical names for these different uh, brain states. Different alpha waves, beta waves. I have heard of people who have worked very hard at developing uh, meditation skills, concentration skills, and the like, so that they're able to will themselves into these modes of thought very quickly and effortlessly. Not by accident, not by kind of what I'm talking about, like sort of trying to fall asleep but not fall asleep. They could just do that. They could just think that way. That would be incredible. What a, what a skill to develop. So many amazing skills can be developed. I mean, man, you, you can spend years learning how to practice piano, or you can spend years learning how 
to think with your brain differently. Well, hopefully you can do both. And actually, most things probably do achieve both. Most efforts that we make to learn something probably do teach our brain a different way of thinking. That's probably all all it is. What am I talking about? Who knows what I'm talking about as usual? It's America WK. Today's show admittedly has been a little all over the place. I had, uh, as is often the case, I had a very specific topic that I chose not to mention because of past, past lessons learned where mentioning the topic before I get into it is not always a good idea because I might not even get into it, as has been the case today. I had so many things I wanted to talk to you about, and a lot of them were popping up, so I just went with it. Because that's this time we have together. I don't really get to do this with anybody else. And you know what? That might be a good thing for all those other people. Who else would would uh would want to sit by and listen to this rambling? This is it's you are like my therapist, like my fantastic psychic friend that I get to discuss these thoughts with. And I really hope that you do have someone or some mode that you get to be in that allows you to talk about these kind of things or at least think about them. Maybe that's what our time is. We both get to think about them. I'm the one doing the talking now, but it is valuable. It is important. It's probably even healthy to be able to talk about life and really get into it. Not just talk about all the other distractions Talk about the stuff that the other stuff is distracting us from. That is my desire. The desire at the heart of all things is probably the collective desire of existence itself. A collective desire of, of the unknown. Of, And I don't often use these words because they get so big. The desire of the universe. The desire of whatever compelled this all to come into being in the first place. Any desire we have is some small part of that same massive force, that same massive will, that same all-encompassing motivation, the motivation of space, of the universe, of all that is. That is the same motivation inside of us. Maybe a small shred of it. Maybe actually it's as vast as all of it. Maybe it's all one thing. Tap into that desire. Ride that motivation. It's America WK. I'll be right back. A party for being alive. This is America WK. With Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network. Severin. When's the last time a candidate withdrew from a presidential race and unions sent out press releases to giggle, cackle about it, mock him, and say he deserves it? Glad he's out of there. He's an embarrassment. I mean, what engenders in the left such antipathy for Scott Walker? And the answer is they. Since the day he was elected, he was fighting the union leadership. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The only radio.
radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. And you're back at America WK with Andrew WK talking about desire and trying to use the natural motivations that exist in nature to propel us towards that desire. But thinking more about what desire is, what should we desire? Of course, success, perhaps. Success at what? That is the question. Perhaps we should desire to have our desire directed. Perhaps our greatest desire should be to be useful to the ultimate grand desire of all things. That whatever that thing desires for us, that's what we should desire to do. To be available to that force. To allow that vitality to get inside us, to awaken in us, and move us wherever we're meant to go. And that's probably what all desire really is. We think, at times, some of us, that it's coming from us. That this is my desire. That this is what I want. That this is what I am supposed to do for me. But perhaps the best desire, the true desire is to follow the desire that something else, that that life itself, that's the thing, that life itself has for us. And our only desire, the desire that we should have, that's most noble, is to allow that force to lead us where we're meant to go. Even if it's against what we want in one way, even if it's different than what we thought we wanted to do or should do or were supposed to do, to turn ourselves over, not in a type of slavery or blind servitude, but in a joyful and excited sense of duty to serve humbly but enthusiastically the desire of all things, the desire of the human race, the desire of life itself, the desire of the universe. Well, that's actually a tall order. But we can desire developing the, the ability to get there. We may never get there, but we can desire to have the strength, desire the power, desire the patience Desire the humility to be open to that possibility. I was saying earlier that I desire, I want to be a human being. I desire attaining that level of being a truly good human being. That may be impossible. I don't know if it's possible for anybody. There, there, there probably has been literally a, a handful of truly good human beings. And maybe they weren't even human beings. 
but we can desire to attain that, even if we don't. The desire is the state of mind that allows these things to move forward, that allows us to even undertake what may feel impossible. So in that way, it's not about getting it. It's about what happens to you as you try to get it. Desire isn't necessarily about having the thing that you desire. It's about what it brings out of you. The state of wanting. And if that state is you at your best, then you know your desire is right. If what you desire makes you a better person in the process, then what you're desiring is the right thing. If what you desire makes you a bad person, makes you lower yourself, makes you compromise your integrity, makes you doubt your principles, makes you lose track of the goodness inside yourself, then that thing you desire is not the true desire of the world. Let us fuse our desires, match our desires to that most noble of all desires. The desire to have the strength to pursue the great work of life. Becoming who we are. Becoming the good person that we always have been. For some of us deep down inside, for some of us not so deep down inside. Desire that and let go of all other desires. And let that inner spark, that motivation, fuel the entire endeavor. Whenever you feel tired, whenever you feel worn down, whenever you feel beaten, whenever you feel hopeless, know that those same sensations are the same motivations. Those feelings that make it feel like you can't possibly go on are the same feelings that can be turned around and push you forward. They have to be. It's all one force. It's either a force holding you back or it's a force pushing you ahead. It just depends where you place yourself in relation to it. If you place yourself underneath a car, it'll drive over you. If you place yourself in the car, you'll be going places. And let that place that we desire to get to be ourselves. The best version of ourself. That's where we should desire to go. That's what we should desire to get. That's what we should desire to be. And anything that comes along in that process has to be good. Of that, we cannot doubt. And if we do doubt it, that doubt will only ultimately bring us closer to accepting it as something true. There is truth in this world. And that even might be a choice to believe that. We might not be able to actually describe it, as I've struggled with time and time again on this show. 
But there are some types of truth. One truth. That desire, that vitality, that energy, that's a truth. It's America WK. Stay with me. America WK with your host, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. The process of taking a selfie is absurd, okay? We can all freaking recognize that. We, you know, I know Jeffy wrote a whole book on it, on how to take the perfect selfie, um, which was released in conjunction with the Kardashians. But Yeah, she got, and of course, she gets the press. Right, of course. Of course. Of course. No one even, no one even okay. acknowledges okay, your so ghost my butt's not big enough. Yeah. I got it. Right. Uh, it's pretty big. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is America WK with Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's America WK. My name is Andrew WK. Thank you so much for spending some of your extraordinarily valuable time with me. Truly precious is our time. And again, as we've discussed throughout this show, realizing how precious our time is, how short life can be, can either be completely crushing and inspire feelings of hopelessness, or it's completely propulsive and inspires feelings of great motivation and excitement. I wish for you all those feelings combined and the ability to appreciate all of them as real sources of energy, real sources of power. We don't have to block out any of those thoughts. We don't have to deny ourselves any version of experiencing that energy. Because that energy is life. And if we block out parts of it, we're blocking out part of life. We're cutting out a part of our soul. All of it is meant to be felt. And all of it, if felt, can be propulsive, can be motivating can help us realize how absolutely incredible, how unbelievably gargantuan this experience of being alive is. Do not water it down in any way. Let it be completely overwhelming so that we are always aware of it, so that it is always in the front of our mind, never put back and forgotten about, in a wash of trivial distractions and drama. But front and center that we are here and it is going by whether we like it or not, what are we going to do about it? That version of life. That it's not too late 
to do everything we can to live all the way right now. That this is it. This is happening. This is our life. It is going on. It's our one chance to be the best that we can be. And that's not pressure that holds us back. That is the propulsion that pushes us forward, that keeps us living. The hunger that we have for life is the hunger that we have to try to make the most of it. And not settle for anything less just because it's a little bit easier. Not settle for anything less because it's a little less painful. To really, finally just go all out. Fearlessly. Even if you're afraid. That's what courage is. Being brave is feeling completely terrified and still going forward. Moving ahead in life by whatever means necessary, no matter how intense it is. And knowing that you're not alone in doing this. Knowing that every great person, every single one that has ever come before, has gone through this exact same process. You are working together. With their spirit. The spirit of every person who's done anything of worth is by your side, cheering you on, saying, I know you can do it because I did it too. There's a great precedent set for this type of approach, for this type of living. The only type of living that could truly be called living or that's worthy of what we have. We are worth so much. Life is worth so much. The small distractions and the inconsequential nonsense that takes us away from this very intense but extremely important state, those distractions are not worth our time. They're not worth our energy. They're not worth our power. They're not worth this beautiful mechanism, this beautiful ability that we have to think of other things, to think of more noble things, to think of more valuable stuff. Like all the stuff we've been talking about. And much more that I don't know about. But I do know this. Life is short. And that can either be a crushing thing or it can be a very motivating thing. I think it can be both at once in a beautiful way. And the only way to solve this riddle of life is by living life. By being someone who is engaged fully. In life. Starting from the inside. Spending a little less time. Going over everybody else's problems. Going over everybody else's situations. And going more deeply into our own. And doing it. Even when it's unpleasant. It might not be a very pleasant. Place to go. But the only way we can make the inside of ourselves pleasant is by going in there and doing some good work. Cleaning it up. Improving ourselves. This is not a selfish effort. This is where selflessness emerges from. From being the best that you can be. Not to be better than others, to be better than yourself. Thank you so much again for being with me during this show.
It is a true opportunity that we have here. A remarkable opportunity that is so remarkable that we can barely fathom it. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Fathom the heck out of this opportunity called life. Think about it over and over and over again. Overthink it. When you're thinking about life, you can't think about it enough. And most of all, love it. Love it with all your heart and soul. I love you. Been America WK. Talk to you soon. This is America WK, hosted by your friend and mine, Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.